And this person said, just caught up from the tavern. Mighty hangover. I don't recommend running ever. I hope the bottom or sorry, I hope the buttons for caravan attack and defend aren't right next to each other because I'm seeing double done right. I'm going to collapse on the wagon. Wake me up if anything interesting happens. Oh, bandits. Woohoo. Can you come back in half an hour? I've got a bit of an acidy stomach. It needs a bit of time to settle down and you need a load more people anyway. I mean, you've heard of Samorg, haven't you? You know what he did to the last outlaw's chief, right? Man, it was messy. Some things you just can't unsee. Er, which one of you is the leader? Looking around then directly to the leader. Yeah, there needs to be more of you. A lot more. And I was like, who is this? Oh, he's making me famous. But also, that was absolutely hilarious to me. His footing was solidly grounded. This was no dream, and he was indeed on Vera. Standing up, he felt a sense of might course through his veins. He was reminded of the pulsing lights of the gateway he had just entered that spun him through the cosmos to this planet which he had only heard of in fables. He felt a sense of empowerment and confidence in his endeavor, and as those around him greeted him with a welcome, the Pathfinder stood, poised in action to do his duty. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I am your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg, and I am joined by my returning Pathfinders here today. Welcome back, Daedalus. Hey, everyone. Also, welcome back, our favorite murder bunny, Faisal. How you doing, buddy? Hey, <laughs> I'll just rebrand that to something else soon enough, buddy. I swear. And uh, welcome back, Half Tilt, man. How you been, man? I'm good, good. Thanks for having me. Good. Fantastic. Good to have you back, man. So welcome to everyone here in chat. We do this live right here on the twitch.tv forward slash my name, Simorg, S-I-M-U-R-G-H. Before we dig in too far, friends, got to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com. Still going through a revamp. Stay tuned. Soon TM. Sounds familiar. That is the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also a big shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thanks for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week, my friends. With that being said, we got a few stuff and things to talk about today. What? Episode 118, y'all. Shit. It's a nice racking them up, racking them up. They're getting (laughs) racked up, man. I'm telling you, dude. Um, you know, as I'm like looking over some things here on our agenda today, man, I, I've actually missed out on this right here, friends. I missed out on a stinking review for March 7th. I'm realizing I didn't talk about it. Um, and I apologize. I'm going to go ahead and read this one. Now, you too can leave us a review. It'd be greatly appreciated. Five stars is amazing. Helps to boost us in the algorithm and let people know, you know, we're a legit podcast. We actually hang out with real people and stuff. Do meaningful <laughs> things. We're not just a bunch of randos throwing a bunch of random sound bits on the internet. Um, You can also do a call in, though, and leave a voicemail, which we got one today as well from a community member. And that could be left over at one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. You can also send us a mail via the internet at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. And our Pathfinder Grunt will get that you know to us at some point in time. Um, so we got a couple of things today. Looking forward to kind of reading through. And one of those discussion topics we have today is actually going to come from our community member who left that voicemail. Uh, but first, let me go ahead and read this review. And thank you so much for the five-star review. This is coming from Counselor Min. Great hype for Ashes. Very informed group of players ready for Ashes to drop for the MMO community. Definitely appreciate their passion for the game. Informed on many, many topics. And they continue to deliver for the Ashes community. Keep it going, guys. Thanks a lot, Min, for the review. Really appreciate that, buddy. It means a lot that you took the time to do that. And um, yeah. That being said, I guess we could probably go on ahead and jump on into this uh, voice, right? This voice memo here. 
Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? All right, cool. Here mm. we go, friends. A glorious hello to everyone on the Ashes Pathfinder show. This is Magisto from the Ashes community. Great job with the show, and it's a wonderful piece of content to look forward to each and every week. Keep up the great work. Today, I wanted to bring up a talking point and a question to you guys regarding the tweet Stephen Sharif recently made. I am referring to the screenshot he posted where they were conducting stress density testing, and Stephen accidentally summoned 5,000 bears. Stephen cited that the servers did not crash, and this brings me to my question to you guys. What significance, if any, does the server achievement possess moving forward? How important was it for Intrepid to demonstrate they can have this many assets in the game world and the server being able to maintain function? Will the bears one day have their payback in Vera? The great bear apocalypse, if you will. Okay, okay, I'm kidding about the last one, but would love to hear your thoughts. I very much appreciate everything you do. Take care, guys. Was that very much appreciate what we do or very much appreciate what you do? Oh, horrible uh, joke. Those puns are unbearable, man. This <laughs> is <laughs> not a dad joke podcast. I feel like I'm known for them these days, so I don't care. Judge me. Look, Magisto, man, really appreciate that. And that was actually a really good question. Um, so, yeah, they, they did showcase. Uh, Steven did showcase. It did showcase uh, the stress density testing tweet uh, that the servers didn't crash. Um, you know, good good part of questions here. So there's a couple parts specifically that are really good here. Uh, it, the first part, you know, what significance, if any, does the server achievement possess moving forward? And then part two, how important was it for Intrepid to demonstrate they can have this many assets in the world and the server being able to maintain function? Um, so I guess, like, looking at that, uh, 5k bears or around a few hundred players, right? So 50, what, 50, 300 roughly or more uh, people, right? NPCs in there, whatever you want to call it, right? So yeah, I think let's look at two parts. So number one, what significance, if any, does the server achievement possess moving forward? What do you all think about that? Two words, node wars. <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, there you go. It's like that was one of the things. Actually, I think it was last week's podcast. We got mm -hmm. some feedback from somebody that was concerned about, mm -hmm. you know, if they were going to be able to actually achieve this. And I think this is definitely a step forward. I'm not going to say it solved it, but it's really encouraging to be able to see that you've got that many yeah. assets plus a few hundred players in a legit area and it doesn't crash the server. So that's awesome. All right. I agree with that too. What do you guys think, man? All I'm gonna say is that I did not enjoy that test because I died to the bears multiple times. <laughs> it was not expected. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> so you are a bunny. I mean, you're you're like number one prey, right? <laughs> I've got you know. See, I'm okay when I expect it, okay? But but when I don't expect it, that's just come on, bro. It's not a fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> so, any other thoughts? I, I think mine. I'm gonna go ahead and share mine. To be clear, I think it's great to see that you could populate, you know, an area with a bunch of bears. Like that's that's one thing, but players and their interactions and the spell effects and all of those different things is another one. Um, so is it a great step in that direction? Absolutely. But there was a point where they simulated a bunch of NPC like player characters too, like uh, humanoid characters at one point. I mean, this is back on the wiki. You can go look it up. They had done something similar. Um, and this was also before they had had some, some issues, right? So I'm not here. I'm not framing like, hey, this doesn't mean anything. It absolutely does. Um, but, you know, it also is just a step in the direction of we got to have the players. We have to, you got to have that many players in an area doing that because player interaction and the mechanics and the gameplay and fighting and all that is one thing compared to like just having 
Now, if they also had, um, for example, maybe they spawned in, I think the next step would probably be spawning in a bunch of, I don't know, random characters that are of a class, right? A bunch of, let's say a ton, 5,000 elves who are, um, you know, tanks, mages, for example, mages would be a good one, uh, that are a bunch of mages and they're all over in the same area, spamming spell effects targeting things, blowing things up. And then you got a bunch of players in there and all that's happening at the same time. And things are going pretty good. That's to me like the next step. And then the following step to me would be players, like having that many players in one area with the way that players interact. Um, so I think that's my my two cents on the first part there. Um, yeah, a- anybody else on that particular point? I mean, I'm on the outside looking in here. Obviously, I wasn't part of that. I my biggest curiosity is how was the your guys's performance on your client side uh, during that test as well. It's great that the server was up and not lagging or crashing, but how does that translate down into people with variety of systems? That would be my big question. Obviously, we can't answer it. So yeah, I was gonna I say understand, but putting yeah. that out there. Yeah, I'd be like if I was in any. NDA testing, which I can't confirm or deny that I am or am not, then um, I wouldn't be able to confirm whether I was or wasn't able to talk about that. So that's unfortunate, isn't it? Because <laughs> if I was, I would be under NDA and that would be a no, no for me to talk about anything. So. so sad face, I guess. If I was, which I can't confirm or deny that I even am, but if I was, you know. Okay, cool. So part two. <laughs> That was mostly for the lols. It's better than my bad dad joke, okay? All right. How how important was it for Intrepid to demonstrate they can have this many assets in the world and the server being able to maintain function? So I already answered that part for myself, but you guys... Bear with me on this one for a very... (laughs) Very important. Very, very important. Oh man, is Barry without a B? Without a B, capital B, Barry. Got it. That's fantastic. We're all about the dad jokes here today. Don't. All joking me. aside, I mean, I you know, it's what I said before, right? <laughs> At the end of the day, it's like it steps forward. It's progress against server performance. Um, you know, definitely agree that the yardstick also should be client side. So hopefully they got a lot of good client side data as well right. during that test. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's important. They continue to make progress. And I know there are those, you know, that think, you know, things can't happen fast enough, but being able to see progress, especially with that much um, stress on the server is good. Right. It means mm. they're taking steps forward. Um, I agree that the true test is going to be like actual, like, mm. you know, players yep. doing spells because that's obviously going to add another layer to it. Right. But, uh, but yeah, you know, definitely I feel like it's, uh, it's really important for have, have this progress. Yeah. Faisal, any, any like murder bunny, you know, discussion points or anything around, you know, how you think murder, you know, Oh, sorry. I was going to say murder performance in game. My bad. Uh, server performance. I'm, I'm, the only thing I'm going to say, if if a server can hold players from different areas in one spot with 5,000 bears, that's actually pretty good. It sounds pretty good, at least. Yeah, it's a hell of a um, step. <laughs> I generally don't know, because I don't have like a computer that tells me, oh, yes, server st- stabilization, perfect. Oh, <laughs> I don't okay. have that. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got some discussion points here. Now, I mean, overall, it's definitely a positive. I think them showcasing that is like a really big deal because it's something that, you know, when they're talking about there's like stuff and things, and we know that a lot of the issues that they've had are are server-related, then my thoughts kind of end up going to, well, okay, so if it's like server-related, then that's definitely the stuff you want to showcase that you're making gains on, right? And being able to make gains on that and showcase that those gains exist and are there. Yeah, it's a huge, huge deal, man, for sure. Um, so the fact that they're showcasing that and being able to do that, uh, I think especially moving forward, if there are when because there have been delays, right? And I think especially moving forward, if there were continued delays or even if 
you're going and talking about going through the course of those delays that have existed or currently do exist currently. Um, I think being able to showcase like the progress and like where gains have been met and things like that are really important because people want to see that this isn't a continuing problem at that, you know, this marker goalpost or whatever they got pushed back might like me be met. Like there might've been a delay, but Hey, good news. looks like we're making the progress we need to make so we can get y'all in when we said we wanted to be able to. Um, so overall, that's that's my big one. Now, this we have our guild halls discussion, friends. Yes, yes. Guild halls from the guild gathering series they recently started. Um, I think we talked about this previously, if I'm not mistaken, right? But I actually wanted to hit on this one again. Um, so the last time we actually talked about this one, um, we kind of talked about features and things of that nature. And I'm just going to like remind people of what this discussion point was again. They said, what guild hall features would you like to see in Ashes of Creation? What features have you liked from other games? What features do you think have been missed opportunities? I think I specifically want to look at the missed opportunities thing. And I want to kind of bolster around not just like what can there... I think what we talked about last time was um, uh, discussing some elements of because i think part one was uh recruitment tools and things like that right this one was more specific to tools for guilds um but when i think about the missed opportunities like what are what are areas that relate to missed opportunities that tie into guild interactivity right because there are elements like uh the calendar we talked about for example this is a great organizational tool it's definitely a great feature that's very important and in my opinion vital uh, to a guild being able to prosper well, but you know, some there aren't very many games that have like they put the guild like really front and center. And I kind of had some reflections around the Guild Wars too. And I know some people in my community have been playing that lately. Um, it really doesn't uh, dive too much into that, but I think a lot of times, and I I've been playing ESO lately too, and in ESO specifically, um, it's it's really cool because you can you know like for me, I'm a GM, right? I can go and I can make one of my homes, the quote unquote guild home. Okay. And players can contribute to the guild hall. And I think a great example of contribution is in the Elder Scrolls online, you have um, crafting stations that you can purchase through you doing daily writs, which is like your daily quest um, for the different um, professions that exist in the game, which as a player, you can do all of them. So if you're doing all of them, you'll and you turn them in every day or whatever, eventually you end up getting these writs and these writs can be used uh, to complete like crafting specific things. They have varying different like rarities and things like that for the types of stuff and things that you complete. Um, and it's not specifically a guild um, thing, but it is a pretty big part of a guild if you're thinking about really upgrading your guild hall. And the reason for that is if you go to the vendor for the guild, um, uh, well, not guild, but if you go to the vendor where you turn those um, writ vouchers in, essentially, you get X amount of them. You can turn them in for different things from the vendor. And the vendor has things like crafting stations, right? So instead of going to a place in town, you could place this in a home, go to your home, and you could you know, craft on said station. You can get a station for every kind. And more importantly, you can get an attunable station, right? And the attunable station allows you to go to a crafting station out in the world that exists, um, different zones have different crafting stations that can be found out in the open world. And um, these stations allow people to craft sets, right? And these are a portion of the overall sets that exist in the Elder Scrolls Online. So what's really cool is if you have a really beefed up guild hall and your team, your guild's working together, then essentially like a guild could collectively gather enough and different people could get different stations that are needed and you could get an attunable station for every uh, type of gear that can be crafted for that um, type of set for every set that's craftable out there in the world, right? So people don't have to go to them to actually craft those particular sets. They could go to, I don't know, like one really big uh, home that's set to allow all guildmates to come in. Sounds really close to like what a guild hall could potentially offer, right? So when I think about that particular part of missed opportunities, we have in Ashes of Creation, guild halls, fortresses, etc. We've talked about these previously. So what would be a missed opportunity in terms of really utilizing a guild hall in a way that's truly meaningful for a guild? 
Um, I think some things that we've talked about before that I'm going to list as some examples would be um, perhaps there's like mission boards. Um, perhaps maybe you have, um, oh, I don't know. You've got, what if you put bounty boards in there so they didn't have to go to their city? What would that take away from the city interactivity? Would it be a convenience? And you said that's a brilliant pursuit of convenience, right? And it's different when it's convenience that is earnable through in-game measures versus convenience that has to be purchased. So for that reason, I'm a pro for it, right? Um, but I think a lot of times when I think about Guild Wars 2 and games like that where guild halls do exist, I don't I always feel like they're just it's they're a great hub and they look good and you can, you know, maybe in ESO you can put down crafting stations that are tutable. It's a convenience, it's great. But what are really meaningful ways and missed opportunities in which those ways aren't really cultivated for a game to really give a guild a reason to be in their guild hall, uh, to work to achieve things within their guild. And I think on the other side of things, there's a cautionary tale for me of what happened with guild rank systems when Cataclysm hit for World of Warcraft. Um, so that was a really long explanation, I know. Um, and there's a lot to unpack there, but anybody want to kind of jump in and maybe got some ideas on that? Um, some of the things I was thinking about is like, it would be nice to have like a training hall or something where you can duel and spar with your guild mates. Um, I think that would be a nice addition. And, and, and just kind of going back to what you said um, and what's been said in chat too, is you definitely don't want to make the guild hall the focus of where players want to hang out the majority of the time. Yeah. It should be balanced with what's happening in the node. Um, but I would say, you know, definitely something like that, um, you know, like a, a training hall or something. I think a social space would be nice as well. Something where you might be able to do like some sort of seat, guild siege planning mm -hmm. or something like that. I think make it useful for activities that are guild related, but still keep like things that are maybe more important to the node mm -hmm. in the node. So there might be, you know, storage or just like some of the like standard stuff I would expect mm -hmm. to be in a guild hall. Um, but definitely uh, it, it's it's going to be a have to be a good balance because you want to make sure the world is populated and the cities are populated. Right. Um, and, and one way you could potentially do that, and this is maybe, I don't know if it's like topic adjacent, but you can also talk about... Um, when you invest points and level your guild and however they decide to do that in your guild skill tree, some of that might be enabling some of those features in your guild hall versus maybe expanding the size of your guild. So you give some opportunity for smaller guilds that might say be more economy or crafting focused mm -hmm. to really have a crafting focused guild hall Got versus it. others that might be more military focused, et cetera. Dig that. I mean, I've been looking at my history of playing MMOs. I've been usually a solo type player, so I don't know what to add or put onto this a lot. So I'll leave it up to you guys. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm similar to Faisal. I haven't played a lot of games with guild halls, but if I think about like a guild hall making it a meaningful building in the game, something meaningful to your guild, it has to have a reason for people to be there. At the same time, in a game like Ashes, you don't want to put so much in there that people are staying in there and not going out into the yeah. world and interacting with the world as well. So I, I, I see the flip sides to a lot of what you guys are talking about. I love the idea of, because we already know that you're going to have to travel the world yeah. to different areas to craft different things. Yep because of biomes and specialists and whatnot. So if, if you were able to do that, go out, learn everything from them and attune yourself to be able to train that within your guild hall then for future guild convenience, that's, to me, that's absolutely huge. Right. And it still requires you to go out and do things. Um, same idea with the with a training thing. I would like that would be cool if there was like a, a training pit outside of the guild hall, still on the freehold kind of thing, so people could sit but sit there and watch you guys do it. Right? There's you're still in the world then. People could still see you guys doing things and be like, "Hey, I like what you guys are doing. I want to get in on that." When you get you recruiting or what? Like something like that would be cool. Mm -hmm. When I think of a missed opportunity or something that could potentially be added in there uh, and this is kind of a, a stem off of the calendar idea 
is an interactive map that you can drop pins in. You can do like the red felt lines or whatever to link things together um, or different colors for different things that you're tracking, whether you're tracking, you know, maybe, maybe you guys are pursuing legendary quests together. And as people find clues and information, they can drop pins on the map where they found it with a note. Um, they can tie things together. Like I'm big into the treasure hunting aspect of the game. And that for me, that would be huge to have that as a group activity, especially on the open seas or something where landmarks are a little bit harder to come by. Something like that, I think, would be really fun, an interactive map. Got it. Yeah, I really dig those ideas. So like one, yeah, I read too uh, in chat, we had someone that said something about like a guild store of some sort. Um, I also saw the arena kind of like PvP element. I also think like of... Uh, Target dummies is a good one. Um, I think it, with a guild store, it's a tricky situation because I feel like the cautionary tale is how the guild store system in World of Warcraft kind of launched. That one was always like a bit, I didn't like it, which I've talked about before. Um, I think it was great in theory, but I didn't really like it because, it, you know, it's, it's tricky because you, you make it to where there are certain things that you have to unlock as a guild like World of Warcraft had. Um, and if a guild had those things unlocked, well, then maybe someone was more interested in joining that one because of the fact that they could get in there and get the things they wanted. And maybe they dip out. Um, you know, as a guild, uh, as, as our guild, right? Virtue, we are pretty, we have a, I'm not gonna say it's like a really strict process, but we take our time when getting, getting people kind of onboarded. Uh, and there's a reason for that. A lot of reasons for that. One of them is. You just bring someone in real quick, like leave real quick. You know, you don't really have an opportunity to gauge their investment in the community, right? And what's the reason they want to be there? Why are they there? So put all that aside. You've got the idea, though, that you have a store of some sort. Well, what are the things in there? How do you make it to where it's kind of a fair system? Maybe it's just something like a certain amount of materials you could purchase each week. Instead of having to farm it, maybe there's something there that you mm. you can you can pay to get with these points, um, some sort of like a merit point that you earn through your guild. And I think the idea of a map and pins is really good because you know it could it would be really good in terms of like strategy too. Because like you jump in, you know maybe you're not on voice yet, or you want to see like what's going on with the guild real quick, right? What are, what are people doing? Well, maybe there's a pin and it's like we're here doing this, we're here doing this. It's like oh cool, I know who to hit up. They place the pin. I can I can go there and do this thing, or maybe we have an objective, and our objective is to, you know, kill this boss until we get it to drop this material. Maybe I don't need to get in voice cons. Maybe all I gotta do is go run over there, help people kill it. If I can get this material farmed, I could drop it in the guild bank and help out my homies. There's a lot of really good interactive features, and I think that the balance I agree with the Daedalus on this is don't take away from people's reasoning of being in the world because I think the cautionary tale there is. This was player housing, though, for World of Warcraft. But in Draenor, it was like mission table, mission table, mission table. Am I playing a mobile game? It felt like a mobile game. I mean, that, that stuff, it yeah. just did to me, right? You get on, you, you, you go through all these things, these daily things that are there. You send minions off to go do them. Now I'm sitting here at this table, checking at this table. I'm not out in the world. I'm not doing anything in the world. I'm sitting in this little hub that's instanced, not even really a part of the world. I'm actually checked out of it. Um, so yeah, that's just my two cents, my little rant, if you will. Um, having said that, having one of those <laughs> tables of your, of the node or world area around you, if you're cool. a castle where you can like position your defenses Hell and strategize yeah. your sieges and stuff, Hell that'd yeah. be super cool Yeah, between that and the map and that sort of things. Imagine Absolutely. the guild war or, um, a spy aspect of that is someone can come in and see all this, be like, hey, this is how they're planning or this is what they're working on. Go in and steal that intel. Like mm -hmm. that, there's a tremendous value there. It could really add a really dynamic uh, gameplay element. Yeah, and I think you mm -hmm. made a good distinction there, Half Tilt, is that yeah. you make it an active thing versus a passive thing, right? The, the Draenor example was excellent about how you make essentially everything like a passive thing. Oh, I want X, Y, and Z. Click, click, click. Okay, I don't have to do anything else after that. Yeah, right? and it wasn't really there wasn't it didn't build interaction with other players, right? And I think even just the fact that you know you had you could do 
professions other than your own with buildings also once again killed player interaction in that yeah. um, that expansion um and, and one of the other things too i think is is important is really just in again ensuring that everything you're doing has some way to invest a player uh and, and what i mean is like the guild point system you talked about uh sam i think is a good example of that is you have to work at it you have to invest time to really build guild points and do certain things with the guild to gain those points that to me helps you invest in a community and it's mm -hmm. you know i think for me it would also make me think twice about mm -hmm. you know moving out of that community because i would have the friends and the relationships and all of that but i also have the time invested with the guild doing activities etc and getting rewarded for that so I would hope that there is something like that that helps yeah. with that guild hopping mentality that we see in other MMOs, that there's no trade-off for leaving a guild, right? Or joining a guild for that matter to say, look, I'm making a choice to be in this guild and invest my time in it. And I want to be able to contribute. I also want to be able to get something back, but it's kind of a, a give and take relationship as opposed to, you know, I'm just getting in there because they want X, Y, and Z. And then when I've got X, Y, and Z, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I move on to the next guild that has the next X, Y, and Z I want. Mm -hmm. Air miles are totally the reward program to go with here. Air nice. miles. <laughs> Varen miles, sorry. sorry. Varen miles. All I'm going to say is beware from Sim because he's going to ninja loot the guilds. Don't do that. <laughs> At least once a podcast. At least once. It's yeah. not ninja looting when it's called a guild tithe. That's all. <laughs> a guild tithe. <laughs> when yeah. he's the guild leader, at that point, isn't it just a tax? Yeah, it's a tax. <laughs> <Exactly>. Basil. Yes. <laughs> I want you to remember this moment in the future. Just remember this moment. I just want you to remember this moment. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm gonna say. There's gonna be a day in a future <laughs> podcast where you're gonna get you're gonna get like super shy, embarrassed, possibly red cheeks, um, mm. and and I'm just gonna be like, you remember that moment? You're welcome, buddy. That's the moment. Oh God. Mm -hmm. Oh God. Mm -hmm. It might be a picture. It might be a GIF. It could be a number of different things. Um. And well, I, why do I have? I have yeah. a feeling you have a secret weapon just in your pocket, just waiting to be cast. <laughs> Would I do that? Oh Maybe. no! <laughs> oh, can we it's talk? Like, yeah, no, you won't, Sim. Not at all. <laughs> no, you won't, Sim. Not at all. Wink, wink, wink. Yo, I've got to find something here. But before I find this thing to share, I've got to share this with you all. Oh, it was in Pathfinder chat. You remember that thing someone posted? So I got this like tag sidebar moment real quick because this is just hilarious to me. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. It was a while back and there it is. I'm going to pull it up real quick. And it was on the forums. I think people were doing like, I think it was like a, oh, I don't know, man, what you would call this. It was like a, a sort of like a fan made story or something that they were doing on the ashes of creation forums. You remember mm -hmm. that one? You remember that? Yeah. I'm going to see but if I can pull it up. <laughs> what was that? Murder bunny? What? There, there were multiple ones. Like there were like, like were there. I think that, like, I, I mean, if I know what you're talking about, <laughs> So there was like this thing. So this is this is what I'm going to read for you all. And it says right here, just caught up They're They're basically it seems like each person jumps on there. And this cracked me up like you should. You guys should have heard me laughing out loud. And I was like, oh, my God, they someone knows me. I don't know who that is. But that was awesome. And then I read this. and It was like from Matt Mick Mac Muck. This is on March 10th. And they were like. It seems like they were jumping in and doing responses to this thread to kind of add to the story. And this person said, just caught up from the tavern. Mighty hangover. I don't recommend running ever. 
I hope the bottom or sorry, I hope the buttons for caravan attack and defend aren't right next to each other because I'm seeing double done right. I'm going to collapse on the wagon. Wake me up if anything interesting happens. Oh, bandits. Woohoo. Can you come back in half an hour? I've got a bit of an acidy stomach. It needs a bit of time to settle down and you need a load more people anyway. I mean, you've heard of Samorg, haven't you? You know what he did to the last outlaw's chief, right? Man, it was messy. Some things you just can't unsee. Er, which one of you is the leader? Looking around then directly to the leader. Yeah, there needs to be more of you. A lot more. And I was like, who is this? Homie's making me famous. But also, that was absolutely hilarious to me. I was like, I don't even know who that is. But I don't even know how I got honored in this. But that was beautiful. I saw that. I was dying. I was like, what is this? You are amazing. I don't know. Who are you? Come say hi at a show. Why am I talking like this? Okay, I apologize. (laughs) Anyway, I digress. That was freaking fun, man. So, yeah, yeah, dude. So we've got, I got one bit of discussion I'd like to share with you guys, man. Um, And we got a little bit of time. Today's a little bit of a, you know, not as much to talk about. And that's totally cool. It's great because we get to kind of kick it and hang out and chat about a variety of things that maybe aren't necessarily always on the agenda and are always like pertinent to the week to week. And it's kind of cool to catch up on stuff like that. Sometimes it's fun, things like that. Sometimes it's about how Basil's a murder bunny that makes um, grand inappropriate comments about a certain paladin being a ninja looter, which is completely false, by the way. And then other times it's when I reflect on something related to maybe another game. And in this situation, it's kind of, um, man, you guys like sidebar here, right? I think this is like really important to the context of what ashes of creation is doing and how, quite frankly, if you, you know, there are people that sometimes don't. Yeah, that's right. Faisal didn't say a single word, did he, Farron in chat? He didn't, right? He didn't even wait, say wait, anything. Wait, wait. Oh, wait, he said he speaks the truth. That's it. Can someone ban or time out? <laughs> don't don't ban him, but maybe time him, time him out for 60 seconds because it would be fun. Um, and <laughs> um, no, I don't really do that. But if it's too late, I'm sorry. Not sorry. I digress. Anyway, my point is, um sometimes there's these like sidebar moments where we kind of get to reflect on things happening with other games you know what i mean and um man in the past few days like honestly uh the past two days have been a little rough because uh sim got a second covid vaccine on friday and uh yeah definitely hits you a little harder if you get the moderna one not everybody gets hit that way definitely feeling it today yesterday was a hell of a day but what do Pathfinders do? We stay the course. Isn't that right? And here we are. Right. Damn right. Pathfinders stay the course, friends. We are here. Come hell or high water. And man, there was like, there's been games. Like if you want to talk about some of the other games in the genre. I mean, when you want to talk about Vision, my big two cents sidebar sim on a soapbox but it's a really relevant point to talk about situation adhering to one's vision, man, that is for me personally next to transparency, super important. These are the things in my opinion that maintain my commitment to a developer or a studio working on a game. And that's me. Some people might crowdfund something and crowdfunded MMORPGs. I rant about this in the LFM podcast, Thursdays, 5 p.m. CDT right here on this channel, by the way. Sidebar, the other <laughs> other podcast. I know, that was good. I'll be here all next however long. Um, but the point is, guys, is like MMORPGs is a genre. Like, let's be really honest here, okay? It, it's not, they're not doing well. When you look at all of the other gaming genres, I see them prospering. And I don't personally feel it's an opinion. You don't have to share it. But my opinion is that I don't feel like the genre is doing well. And the the word MMORPG almost is stained in a lot of ways. I don't feel like anything's really pushing the genre forward. I feel like it's a lot of the same. They all There's a lot of them have like tons of the same features, um, ton, tons of the same things. It's a reskin of another game. I mean, we see it all the time. And I see the, these other genres just doing really good sometimes, man. Like, look at, like, Fortnite. Look at look at shooters, man. Like, 
someone's innovating and coming out with cool new ideas. Fortnite, love it or hate it, whatever. It's a shooter. That's innovative, right? Adding building to a game and having that be part of the combat system and like how people uh, compete. It, that was brand new. No one did that. That was innovative. That helped to put mm. the game, push the, the genre of, of shooters forward, in my opinion. And even 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 building games, in my opinion, because they got a whole creative element. So you've got great examples of, of games that do push their genres forward. I personally don't think the MMORPG genre really has that. And I personally only think that Ashes of Creation is the only one, in my opinion, that has had the vision to do that. That's just my opinion of two cents. With that being said, the genre in itself, I see examples of just, just scummy things happening. Right, you see Kickstarters that are like asking for money, and I've seen two on Friday. I think it was two man. They were doing some of the scummiest things I've I've seen an MMORPG developer do, trying to get money. And I'm just like, this is not real life, right? It, it is. I mean, they are doing things. I mean, one of them is like getting funded. And I'm like. It is, and it, and it's quite literally, and I'm not going to name the name here because you're going to hear me ranting about it on my channel and this week, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. But it's literally saying, we're going to have everything you want. We're going to have millions of people in the same server player environment. So you're basically solving the problem that developers have been trying to work on for how long now? Okay, cool. He's a pioneer, I guess, whatever. And you only want 10,000 to make this happen? Their server must be like a retrofitted nuclear reactor with those cooling towers in order to actually, you know, make that happen. Right. So the vision is, you know, they set that bar crazy high, like unrealistically high, in my opinion. And... So you have plenty of these that are just doing things that are like scummy and it's no wonder the genre gets sustained, man. You know, then you got the ones who raise millions and then completely screw the player base over. No names, don't need to. You can draw those conclusions on your own or stay tuned for later this week. We'll probably rant about that too. But, you know, and I'm not, it's not like I'm, I'm like sitting here trying to like, you know, go on some agenda or anything. But when you think about where Ashes of Creation is, it's no wonder so many people on the outside see one thing that doesn't seem congruent, right? And it could be because of a rumor. It could be not even fact-based. And then the word of mouth, man, trickle, 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 dude. And people start to say a bunch of horrible things. Steven went out there, got in front of some very big names. And Asher's got a lot of traffic last year. A lot of people got eyes on it, found out about it. And that was great, yep. right? Mm -hmm. But to piggyback off of the whole... NDA and, and and like the back end testing and delaying things. Man, dude, there's a game called Saga Leucemia. And what's going on with that right now is sketchy, right? There are things going on right now. I mean, I did a video on this last week. You can check it out on my variety channel if you want. Um, and I've taken the facts, putting it together. I did I'm happy I did a good job, right? Had the developer or had the studio. And the person that left the studio both contacted me saying, hey, did a good job on this, right? But the main takeaway is it was another game that was doing something innovative and now it doesn't look like its future is very bright. And I don't think that's the last we're going to be talking about. I think over the coming weeks, we're probably going to have a bit more happening there. And I think there's a lot of really important messages that are actually going to come to reference Ashes, right? Because when we talk about the vision, from my perspective, the vision doesn't seem it's questionable. When the vision becomes questionable, I just you don't know, man. When people are in a sense have a sense of uncertainty and you don't know where things are going, like we we've seen the damage that can cause, right? And what's going on there right now, in my opinion, is kind of like another mirror of like this this could potentially be really bad for the game when you don't really know what's going on. So as much as people say things around ashes. As much as going on with other games, the thing that I come back to time and time again that I'm really proud to be supporting this game and for is the fact that over the years, the vision has remained right there in front of you, 
the whole time. There's never been a step where everything has been going on has not been for the MMORPG, whether it's a delay, testing people don't get, whatever it is, it's always stayed the course towards that vision. It's not strayed from it, not deviated from it. And for the most part, there's been pretty good transparency. Doesn't leave people to kind of come up with their own conclusions. So, the vision of Ashes, man, when we look at where it's at right now, um, I guess what I want to get is like your guys' feedback because this is a sidebar, right? It's not something we talk about a lot. But where do you feel like they've been on their vision? Like, do you feel like they've ever swayed from it? Um, if you do, like, what did you think was a sway? And if you don't, like, what do you think they've been done a really good job of ensuring it's remained steadfast this long for? That's, that's an excellent question. And frankly, it's like I have had moments, especially when there wasn't a lot of information out there about Ashes, when they were heads down, kind of really working on, you know, the back-end revamp after Apocalypse that I did kind of think that through. And definitely there has been some missteps, but I think every development process makes mistakes, right? You learn from those mistakes. I think that's the key thing. Um, I would never, I would say, outside of the apocalypse kind of era, ever say that they strayed from their vision. I mean, I understood why they made the choices they did. I think optically it didn't present as well as I think they had hoped. Um, and I think the other thing that I, I actually think is both a strength and sometimes a way um folks that aren't necessarily as plugged in use is the passion for the project um and a lot of times there's a lot of excitement about features and there's a lot of discussion about features and things that they're doing that you know we know is subject to change being you know following the game um but has come up and and has been used in in a bad way and i would say part of that was apocalypse yeah um i think also part of it was the expectations set on when the game would be delivered um i think we talked about this last week yeah. at length i think there was an underestimation about the amount of work that would be required but i think at the end of the day they're making the right choices I would, they would rather delay than release a product that doesn't perform to their expectations. And I think that's probably the, the line that they've been, um, you know, balancing on from day one is they have great ideas. They have a consistent vision, but sometimes the execution that occurs isn't a desired result. Um, and as opposed to, like giving up and doing some of the sh shady things that we're seeing in other, you know, developers, they're, they're continuing to push through. They're continuing to try to do something different um, and better than what the genre has, has presented. And I just kind of wrap it up. I would totally agree with you. The amount of MMOs that I'm excited about, outside of the one that I play with my wife on a regular basis, World of Warcraft. And even that, I do it because I have fun playing with her, not necessarily yeah. that the game is that rewarding for me, um, has been Ashes of Creation. That's the only game that I'm really looking forward to that's an MMO. Everything else I'm looking at is single player. It's, you know, it's something where there's just more depth to it than what I'm seeing in MMOs that are out there today. Uh, so yeah, that, that would be kind of my two cents on the subject. I don't know where to start on this, Sim. <laughs> this is one loaded question. That yes. How many years of development are we in now? Roughly five. <laughs> Probably five years. Like, I would, uh, from a business standpoint, I would try to segment it more. Like I would segment the developers on one part to the management, then how they market things. Um, 
So when it comes to development, things might have been slow at the very beginning, but it started to pick up a lot more. They might have done a couple of errors here and there, but uh, it's okay because those are fixable. Those are management. They're getting the feedback that they need and they're fixing it. When it comes to management, and this is mostly on Stephen at least, <laughs> um, is basically, I don't, I don't know if they knew about how big of a project this would be at the very beginning, at the Kickstarter. Mm, yeah. Because like, mm. I'm not, I'm not trying to throw anything at them. I'm just sh- saying that. Oh yeah, we 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 think that we're able to release in like how many years? I think two years time, two years time, and that was not attainable. And that also kind of ties with Mike. However, what I uh, Stephen has made maybe a couple of mistakes here and there. However, that being said, they kept pushing forward. Regardless of the shade that's been thrown at them, regardless of what challenges they've been uh, going through, they still kept persisting on trying to fix it and trying to keep the community involved. And that's not every every in, like not every company is trying to do that, and it's not that easy to do. <laughs> you can't just expect an an idea to work from the get go. If that happens, you're either extremely lucky or you have God on your side. One of those two. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's that's what I enjoy about the like ashes. And when it comes to marketing, well, what do I say about marketing? Eh, it, yeah, <laughs> .exe, exe error, which cannot be found. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, marketing is still still getting up there. Maggie and Toast from the team. I mean, do you say recently? Because like they've been on a year so far. They they've they've been saying uh, nice things and trying to promote Ashes in the correct way, at least um and try to to uh, help steven to put it on its goal and vision as what he wants yeah 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 i I, from the beginning what sold me on this game was steven and the way he spoke about the game all, all these games promise a vision, right? They all give you the hype line of this is what we're bringing to the table. This is what makes us different. Give us your money. Um, what, what, what sold me on Ashes was the way he spoke about the game. Not through text, but watching him in videos with different creators, different panels. The c- confidence and conviction behind his vision that he truly believed, like this is a passion project for him. It's not a cash grab. Yeah. This is what separates from from a lot of these other games in development, whether they're AAA developers like Blizzard or it, even indie studios that are trying to push stuff out. They're all trying to make a name for themselves and make a bottom line. Mm-hmm. This isn't the case, and I think that's the differentiating factor. Like, let, Let's not be fooled. We don't have a, a, a timeline for when this game's coming out, but there's no way in the war room Steven doesn't have that on the wall that we have a target release date of X in X in Y year, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have it down to the month, I guarantee it. And it's there because you need to have an end goal for this. Otherwise it's going to go on forever. Mm-hmm. The other aspect of that is, and he's touched on this is yes, he, they have a, vi- a vision, a brilliant vision that is probably one of the most ambitious visions I've ever heard of in an MMO with this whole node system and replayability and everything but they're approaching it from a foundational standpoint and getting it in place brick by brick, which is why it's going to take a while. But he's also very much aware of scope creep that, okay, we've got a broad enough vision. Let's not start adding more stuff to that. And thankfully he's got Maggie by his side to, you know, keep him in line. Cause I, I, I think, I feel like if he was to run on this on his own, yeah, it would probably get really large, but he's got a, he's put a brilliant team together. 
mm-hmm. that, you know, together as a whole, they make this an achievable project. Yes, it's going to take many years to do so. MMOs are the most largest, ambitious, painstaking processes when it comes into game development. You know, yeah. like you can slap out a, a battle royale in, in a less than a year. You know, the next Call of Duty comes out every, every what, 11, 12 months? And the reason people, those keep selling, people have to keep doing it. They have to stay updated to stay relevant in, you know, the world, in that game world. MMOs don't do that so much. They foster, okay, you get this game, we'll give you expansions, but you're going to stay in this game for, ideally, for your 15 plus years, like, wow, right? And so, so there's a big difference. Nobody's still playing NHL 2005 right now. So... The, to, to me, that that's a huge thing. I, I believe in Stevens and Intrepid's ability to stay focused on their vision and not go crazy. Exactly, not turn this into the next Star Citizen. I, I, I wanted to play Star Citizen many, many years ago, and yeah, well, here we are. <laughs> been like, yeah, that recently forty-two many years ago. Oh, man. I mean, I, I mean, we re- I read something recently. It was like 350 million Star Citizens raised over 350 million, and, and it's been in development for 10 years or something like that. Yeah. Is that about right? They keep adding scope. It seems Jeez, like man. I think. You, yeah, you talk about scope creep. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, scope that's a very visionary creator just being <laughs> yeah. left to his own devices. I mean, I I agree that Stephen is a visionary. He's passionate, but he also I. I think has the right team in place to keep him, like you said, half tilt to keep his vision in check. And there's always, you know, there's gotta be something you have to leave for an expansion, right? You can't do everything in first release. And I think that the team does a great job of helping him with that. But I mean, I think their vision is much more achievable than what I've seen in other games like, star citizen is every time i turn around there's some new technology they're trying to plug into the game and it just it doesn't seem like it's ever going to make it off the ground um and not to say that you know an ambitious game isn't going to take a long time many ambitious games not just mmos have taken many years to actually come out um but i just think there's there isn't it doesn't feel like there's as much accountability there with say star citizen than there is with ashes of creation yeah at least that's what i can see from like hearing and reading the news about that mmo versus ashes of creation there's just a different tone um that you can see from the head of the developers that i don't necessarily you know see in star citizen but i do see in ashes of creation I think the big thing is Steven is a businessman like that. That's his background. That's what he comes from. He understands that, you know, he understands that when you put a team together, if you're the smartest person on that team, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> and, and so he's built himself a good team to really take the reins and the, where they need to and, and keep everything in line. Yes. He's the overseer. He puts the final vote down for anything, but he's actually, you know, He's put people in place to keep him in check. And, and, you know, he might not come out and say that, but that much is evident in how this development process goes and how it ha- what we've seen from it. Yeah. This is why I bought into the game, because I can look at that and be like, okay, I, I, I know that it's going to be a while before my investment comes to fruition, but it will come to fruition. It's, it, this is a long-term investment. It's, yeah, I'm not, I, I have no ifs, ands, or buts about that, in my opinion. Yeah. Remember that meme about um, Half Life Three, where where like people would wait centuries for their investment. <laughs> I think that's the MMO community in, in a nutshell, <laughs> just waiting for that one game. <laughs> you guys, I'm like really happy about something that's coming up here real soon. I have a question to pose, a community question. It's a very important community question, and uh, it's gonna, it actually is gonna tie back into that thing that I would, I would encourage uh, you all to really rally around Dread Katak to uh, potentially help put together for us. Um, it'll, it'll be very clear soon, friends. But before I get to that, if you're not aware, 
If you're not aware, friends, it is currently, we are about five days away from the Ashes of Creation live stream. It is looking like it's going to be March 26th here 2021 at 11 a.m. PDT. And that means that if you want to get your questions in, you need to run over to the, the forum thread and you need to go jump over there and you need to, you know, go submit your questions. You got until Thursday, the 25th at the same time, which is 11 a.m. PDT that day to get your questions in. It's a full 24 hours before the live stream the following day. That's your way to get your question in and potentially they could ask it on the show when they stream live stream. That'll be the end of the month live stream. And, um, you know, of course, we're always curious what they're going to kind of showcase. I mean, I would expect a lot of renders and new stuff and things, hopefully some video footage and hopefully some discussion, I think more specifically on just the progress of what they've been doing with the game and like, you know, that they are getting closer to like, you know, being feeling good about there being, uh, testing because on March 19th we did start testing, right? But it's closed testing because we won't be getting the no NDA stuff until uh, May. So, so they've definitely got it going. I mean, how cool if they actually squared stuff away early and then they were like, "Hey, guess what? We are actually ready to do it early." That would be cool. Not saying that that's going to happen. It's just optimistic perspective. That's all. But. That's where you can get your questions in. So go on over to the forums and do that. And um, I got a community question here, Faisal. I got to ask you something, man. So I want you to go back in time, friends. You all, all of you all listening, watching, go back in time. I reflected on this. I was like, we were talking about Faisal one day when I was streaming the other day. And I was like, Faisal, why is it this? Why do I remember Fival? Why is it starting to like feel paired up to me? And I was like, wasn't there something called like Fievel, like a, a show when when a lot of us were real young, an American tale, then followed by Fievel Goes West, and there's like another one. It's a little mouse, right? A little mouse that's kind of like got his little, you know, life he's living or whatever. And I guess my question, you know, Faisal, is was did you draw inspiration for your name from Fievel by chance? No. And are you coming west? I have no idea what you guys are talking about. So um, my challenge to you all in the community is I would love a gif of some sort where we've got Faisal, but it's Fievel. Give him the lazy eye. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, we should do this, but we should do this. I am generally curious on what you guys are talking about. <laughs> you plant that seed there. Um, and this will be a moment that we talked about earlier on the show about how like, maybe one day we could kind of put something together and kind of showcase it. Maybe remember the day that it might be a tie-in, maybe not, but it would be fun. Anyway, y'all should check it out. It was a really fun cartoon back in the day. And yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be cool. I like the idea of seeing Faisal on, Faisal's face on more than just a bunny, you know, like a little bunny twerking its tail or whatever so yeah no that's not gonna work <laughs> all the more reason friends even i if... have no idea what the show is but i just like eh. it's a cartoon it's a kid's cartoon <laughs> back in the day anyway so it's it's unfortunate yeah you didn't draw references from that but friends that is our show before we wind this one down um Faisal, i i really genuinely hope this doesn't concern you in terms of like, if they're going to put your face on this, I definitely wouldn't be worried about it. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not worried. I just, I just, because I know it's coming. <laughs> hey, you know, man, maybe no one, maybe no one is ambitious enough to make it happen. Who knows by next week, maybe it won't even exist. Maybe Sim just had an idea and people are like, nah, Sim, we're not doing that. It's possible, man. It happens all the time. <laughs> right but that's our show friends it's been a good one as always episode 118 118 behind us and we are coming up on episode 120 i did hit up uh margaret in the studio about seeing if we could get uh steven on for the three year of the branded show um so you know that we've been doing stuff around here longer than that but um this podcast specifically really launched as a podcast in april uh, about three years ago um, there were what I would consider some pilot 
episodes that were kind of happening in the months before that, that ended up, you know, it was Sims like, let me try to figure out how to do this whole YouTube thing real early on when all I ever did was just stream live on Twitch. Um, but anyway, friends, uh, yeah, as always, you can go to the Ashes Pathfinders channel in our Discord at discord.gg forward slash simorg, S-I-M-U-R-G-H. Drop questions, comments, thoughts. Leave an awesome voicemail like Magisto did. Thanks a lot for that, buddy. Um, of course, if you're willing, go to our iTunes and leave a five-star review. If you leave a message on there, we'll read it on the show. Um, you can always call into one five three nine six six four six eight zero one. Leave a mail at our Ashes Pathfinders at gmail.com and the mel grunt will get that to us at some point in time and friends that's our show let's let our pathfinders here on the show going to do a shout out of their content domains where they reign where you can find them. we'll start with daedalus you can find me on twitter at the ashen herald and on youtube youtube.com slash c slash the ashen herald outstanding and uh you guys Faisal. can find me on twitch as Faisal 108 and on twitter as bagel 108 and half tilt you can find me over on Twitter at half underscore tilt or right here on Twitch and YouTube slash half tilt gamer. And friends, that's our show. As always, I got to say, no matter whether you listen to this show, you're here catching us live, you're catching us on YouTube, wherever it is. We appreciate all the comments, all the feedback, all the awesome good vibes. And thanks so much for being here with us live. Remember, even if you're not on the show, if you're around the central flame, if you're here to rise up with us each week, whether you show up on any of those places or you're here live, you too are a Pathfinder. You are part of this podcast and we love you guys. Thanks so much for all your time. Thanks for rallying around us and making this a great community uh, around the show. And that being said, much love to the Trepid Studios and we will see you next week for episode 119. You all stay the course, live your best lives. And as always, walk in the light, friends, and I'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Take, care, take care, everyone. <laughs>